You're listening to The Grit Splits, a podcast featuring two brothers, Mikey Puckett and Connor Puckett. We grew up as childhood Atlanta Falcons fans. We watch every game, and we love to break down the film. We're paying tribute to the 1977 Atlanta Falcons defense that holds an NFL record for a 14-game season. They held opponents to 9.2 points per game. Welcome to the show. All right, all right. Welcome to the Grits Blitz. Connor and I have uh, failed you guys. We have let you down week after week. Uh, I know you guys have been jumping online, checking iTunes for the next episode. And week after week, it's been empty. There's been no new episodes. We apologize. There's no excuse. We're not going to make excuses for ourselves. This is... Life. We let life get to us, and uh, we let we let the season get to us. We let the pain of losing get to us, and we crumbled. Uh, very similarly to this Falcons team, how they've crumbled. They've crumbled to the Ravens. They've crumbled to the Packers. But folks, it could be worse. We could be the Arizona Cardinals. We could be. The good news is we are not the bottom. But <laughs> the bad news is, is our draft pick just got shifted around a little bit. So what we saw against the Ravens and the Packers was very similar to what we saw against the Saints and also against the Browns. Just this team not having what it takes uh, to win football games and really l- allowing teams to kind of do whatever they want, get whatever they want. Um, and that is something that resulted in us never being competitive in these football games. Which is unfortunate because I think the game against the Packers is a winnable football game, a team that's also down. And I think even against the Ravens, I mean, it's a winnable football game. And if you really want to think about this, and know this will hurt our hearts, but if you beat the Browns and you beat the Ravens and the Packers, the NFC is so tight right now. It could have been... Well, the we wild, could have easily yeah. made an op- a NFC run at the wild card. card. There was a chance. We knew there was a chance, even after being four and four, knowing there's a chance. Um, we but now it is official. The nail is in the coffin. The season will end on December thirtieth against the Buccaneers. It's official. There was like some crazy stat out there that like if like six teams specifically lost, then we would be able to have a shot at making a run if we would win out, but. Uh, that didn't happen. Those teams, a few of those teams did lose, but the other half did win. And so we are officially statistically X'd out. So there's really no point in talking about this football yeah. team. I think you understand it's the injuries. You understand that it's the offense underperforming in critical moments and the defense uh, significantly struggling, mostly due to the injuries. But it really comes down to your line of scrimmage. You have a bad offensive line playing bad football right now, and then you just have a bad defensive line that doesn't get it done in and out uh, of the game, throughout the game. They don't get to the quarterback. They don't rush the quarterback. They don't allow – they let quarterbacks get what they want and what yeah. they need. And and that's going to be a problem against any team unless you're playing the Cardinals, in which our defense looked amazing. <laughs> but that's also because the Cardinals' offense is absolutely horrible. Worst offensive line in the league. So, by far um, – yeah, I'm glad we did what we thought we we should do. I expected it, but um, I thought that was a possibility, but I did not. I was worried. 
Um, I was worried it could be a lot worse. I was worried, uh, honestly, actually even kind of hopeful, kind of hoping for that uh, that number one overall pick. Yeah, that would have been um, nice. But we're too we're 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 too too much brotherhood to to allow ourselves to sink that low. So um, suck it, Cardinals. Uh, Falcons are a better bird. That's right. Well, and here's the thing. Like, of course, we win the, against the Cardinals when there's an opportunity to win in the drafting world. Uh, the the pick that we would have gotten, we were looking at a top five pick uh, when we went in to play the Cardinals. Now we're looking at probably maybe getting a top ten pick. And here's the crazy thing: is the Panthers and Bucks they're terrible too. You could easily beat these teams, and then you could end up really kind of just being a mediocre in the middle picking. Which I don't. Yeah. I, there's part of me that like you hate to cheer against your team, but there's part of you like, of course we're gonna win. Now, now we're gonna start winning football games at the end streak. of the year, uh, in order to uh, prevent us from being yeah. able to get a good draft pick. Which, if we're talking draft picks, one of the things that we do want to see and to have is um, we are desperately seeking a defense alignment that can significantly put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think the Vic Beasley experiment is up. I think that we need to uh, part ways with him. And then I love Jarrett. Jarrett's turning into a complete monster. We need to get a guy that goes along with him, and we need to get some edge rushers uh, because this is this is just always going to be a problem if we can't get to the, the quarterback. And this is what is part of the problem that people have with Dan Quinn is because he's supposed to be this defensive guru, and here you are in year four when your defense should be fully kind of built the way you want it to be built, and you're still struggling so much. And so this is where you're like, there must be guys on this defense that you have to kind of part ways with, get out of the system because it's just not working and they're not the right guys for the system. Yeah. I mean, we will see. I, I, I wish we could build a team, you know, that would that would help out our offense. I wish we'd have a team, a defensive team that would not force, you know, we talked about this early on in the podcast, was not force Matt Ryan to have to have MVP candidate games to to get us in, in, in a picture to win football games. And we've, we've just come to realize, we've talked about it from the, whole, the, from the entire season, we have to score over 30 points um, to have a shot at winning the games. Uh, and we just haven't done it. So uh, it's, been, it's, it's been heartbreaking. But I, I'm, I'm there with you, Mikey. I think, I think Vic's got to go. While there is some, while there is some uh, clout left for him, I say we, we trade that joker away. Um, try to get somebody for him. I, I'm ready to part with Robert Alford. Um, I am a high critic of Desmond Trufant. Um, I just don't think anyone's going to pick up his contract because it's insanely expensive. And, I mean, we're, we'll see what happens. It's, it's, there's a lot of pressure on the front office this offseason um, to start getting some things done and see what we can really, what we can really do to make our, our team better. And... Uh, and we have to have some changes on the coaching staff. What do you think about that, Mikey? Yeah, one of the things that we, we got to look at is offensive coordinator. I think the Sarkeesian project uh, needs to be done and needs to be over with. It's been, I want to say the play calling is bad. I mean, we're running the ball when we should be running it. We're throwing it when we should be throwing it. We're doing things that we should be doing that are pretty normal to any standard team. I think where the problem with Sarkeesian is it's so predictable and so basic and so common sense that there's no these wrinkles and threads and little things that you do to kind of manipulate a team into thinking it's one thing and changing it into another thing and shifting and moving 
what Shanahan was so good at was just this master disguise, able to make things look a certain way in a certain play and actually change and make it look and be, make it be a play that the defense didn't see coming. Yeah. And those are the things that give your football teams an edge over pro athletes. I mean, you're playing as pro athletes. Sark is coming from the college football world where, honestly, you call the right play, you do the right situation. More times than not, the athlete on the field is going to take over for you. Here's the issue, though, and this is – Everyone is a freak of nature in the NFL that is playing football. And the problem comes down to is, you know, we have Julio Jones, obviously. He's our ultimate freak of nature. But everyone is a freak of nature on the football team in the NFL. And so it really does come to these little nuances, little shifts, these little things of unpredictability that really set apart the best offensive coordinators from the middle of the pack. Sark is a middle of the pack offensive coordinator. And the issue is, is there's too much talent around this team for for yeah. there just to be this low of performance. So if Sark went to another team in the NFL that was probably had, like, you know, you think about the Buffalo Bills, I'm sure they would be average. And they would be like, this is awesome. He's doing everything the right way. This is what we need is some consistency and all these things in this element. Because you're working with athletes in, on that offense that and weapons that are kind of your average NFL player. On this team, you have above-average wide receiver. You have an above-average quarterback. You have an above-average you know, slot guy, you have above average, you know, maybe you do have an average running back, maybe below average. So you got a few things there, but with Freeman, if he was healthy, I think you do have an average to above average running back. Uh, this team should be performing at a way higher level on offense. So Sark would probably have to leave. People are saying that Marquand Manuel is on the way out, but I don't actually have a huge issue with Marquand Manuel, especially because the scapegoat for this year is the injuries. But I understand that you, you know, Dan Quinn, you need to make changes here are the changes. The OC's out, DC's out, and this is what we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, Sarkeesian, like you said, doesn't have an excuse. So, Marco Emanuel at least has the option of saying, hey, all my, my Pro Bowl guys got injured, and and that makes sense. So, he at least has something like that. When he's sitting in a meeting, he can throw around those things. But Sarkeesian really has no excuse. So, um yeah, I think he's got to go. I don't know what the replacement will be or who the replacement would be. Um, offensive coordinators, there's so many guys out there, so many teams, you know, college level, um, college level and NFL level guys who can come in and uh, and be a really good option. Um, I think Mikey's doing some research actually right now, looking at some things to think because we've heard a lot of names. I've heard Mike McCarthy thrown out there a little bit. I don't know if I love that, um, but uh, maybe he's a, a different man as an OC than he is as a head coach. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I think we really have to see. We're going to have to see if we're just nice. We're just a nice football team this offseason or if we're going to be a team who's going to be aggressive to get some guys, hire the right people, um, and get back to where the Falcons should be next season. Because uh, these, these, these years, these next few years, we really can't squander them. Um, because Julio is, is, is getting up there. Matt Ryan is getting up there. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have to take take advantage of, of the opportunity that we have. So, Yeah, so one of the guys that we're hearing is about is Daryl Bevel. He's the guy that is at uh, the Seattle Seahawks calling the place with Russell Wilson. And you might be like, dang, like that offense has been stagnant for a few years. And they were in 2017 for total offense. They were ranked 17th for total scoring offense rank. They were ranked 11th. Uh, that was last year, and then this uh, in 2016, 
Total offense was ranked 12th, and uh, scoring offense was ranked 18th. And then, but you have the 2015 season where the total offense was ranked 4th, and their scoring offense was ranked 4th. And he took that Seattle team that was ranked 28th in total offense, and in th- four years got them to 4th place in total offense. So that's pretty significant. Um, but if you're looking at a guy that's going to do something over four years, you really are talking about a Julio Jones and a Matt Ryan aging significantly into their, you know, towards the end of their careers by the end of year four. And so that's that's something to be he, interested about, a slow development there. He brought in, he brought him. in, he brought in, he made the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, he's a Super Bowl champ. He made the Seattle Seahawks who they are. So he kind of brought in, Pete Carroll gets a lot of credit for it. Um, but I think a lot of people would even say, Pete Carroll might even say that he's, Daryl Bevel is, is is the guy. I like the idea that he doesn't have to rebuild anything either. He gets to come into an offense and we say, we can tell him, we have all the pieces, man. We just need you to do something. If you look at the Seahawks this year, they're in, they're one of the teams in the hunt in the NFC. Uh, had, a rough, had a rough week last week, but this is versus the 49ers, but this is a team that is serious. And their, their offensive line last year was one of the worst in the league. And the offensive line this year was not supposed to be much better. So, and they've actually turned out to be the best, one of the best run blocking teams in the NFL. Um, and they've, they've, they've been successful. So they've controlled games. They've, they've got Chris Carson playing at a different level. Um, they've done it without Doug Baldwin too. So it has been an impressive run for him. I'm just excited. Uh, if he gets hired, I, th- I think he'd be a great fit because um, he has the pieces. You have a quarterback like Matt Ryan who puts the work in, who is smart, um, and works really, really hard and has really good timing uh, with his wide receivers. I'm excited because he gets to work with a young guy like Calvin Ridley and, and, and gets to get him involved in the game. Um, so I think he's, he'd be a really good, solid option um, to, to step on in and, and hopefully add something to this team. One of the things that we don't want to see happen is the Atlanta Falcons hiring Greg Knapp as our OC. This would be a hire from within the program. Greg Knapp is... Not a very gifted offensive coordinator. It has been years, decades, since Greg Knapp has been any what relevant. He did have the number one rushing attack in the NFL for three consecutive years with Atlanta. Uh, But this was obviously when we had guys like Michael Vick (laughs) playing for us, Warwick Dunn playing for us, TJ Duckett. Uh, This was one of those freak teams that definitely the rushing ability was heavy in the sense that you had the most elite rushing quarterback of all time playing for you. But the truly great offenses that he had were probably considered San Fran in 2001, 2002, and 2003. But this this is where we're getting at is that was 15 years ago. This is where we want to kind of make the point that 15 years ago, things were people were still running the I formation with a fullback. And the fullback was actually a relevant position in the game of football. And now you're looking at teams running around pass options and RPOs. This would be a, a, hey, buddy, like, it's been a while. Let's hire you to be our OC. But the problem is, is he's not going to be the guy that can take him to the We're in a league where, where, where Andrew Luck is throwing for anywhere between 45 and 55 times a game. We're in a league where people are putting up unreal passing numbers where there are quarterbacks who have a few thousand yards across the league. There is, we are in a league where a 300-yard passer 
is expected not just one a week, but expected from half the league. So um, I don't know if that would I don't I really don't think he'd be the right fit either. So well, here's the thing: you want a guy that comes in at OC, and you want him to be somebody that elevates the players and their abilities and their talents, and puts them in a situation to best use those abilities and athleticness. Yeah. And the problem is, is that this guy would probably not necessarily take away from that nor add to that. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what Dirk Cutter has done at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's There hasn't been an elevating of play nor a de-elevating of play. There's just been a wash of good and bad and just average. Not necessarily terrible, but the thing is, is average is not what we're looking for. We're not looking just to yeah. be this certain level. We're looking to take a team that has their franchise quarterback and their franchise wide receiver and their franchise you know, running back. You have Julio Jones. You got a lot of guys that should be able to. So, you have Julio it. Jones, Matt Ryan in their prime, Muhammad Sanu in his prime, young guy like Calvin Ridley, who is explosive. I mean, that's what you're looking for. I think you're looking. You need somebody, and that's what I really like about Bevel is he's taken a team that was completely. Russell Wilson was a guy who, you know, was throwing for thousands of yards. He was throwing, you know, over thirty-five times a game. And he's turned this team into the one of the leading rushing teams in the league. So I think that's a, that's a good sign to say this is a man who who comes in, sees talent, and takes it um, and uses it for for what they have. Um, with the injury to Doug Baldwin, having some guys in Seattle who aren't as quite as effective on the outside and quite as quite as explosive as Doug Baldwin, but to see a guy like Tyler Lockett have a very solid season, a guy like David Moore never heard of. Um, become an, an incredible deep threat, somebody that the Seahawks used to stretch the field. I'm really excited about it. When you look at our roster compared to their roster, uh, ours is a lot better. So, um, And they're, they're, they're above average team in the NFL right now. So he's a guy that, that gets me pretty pretty pumped. Yeah, we'll be definitely listening to see kind of who the Falcons are going to be looking at and who Dan Quinn is going to hire. So the Falcons are going to be playing the Carolina Panthers, who are 6-8 and eight and we are 5-9. and nine. This is one of those games like you don't really want to win this football game, do you? Because, I mean, you want to, but if you win this game, you're going to move to six and nine, and they're going to fall to six and nine, and then they also jump you in draft pick in an opportunity to get a better draft pick. And this is where it's so frustrating. It's like, of course, we're going to win. And the Panthers are smart, they are sitting Cam Newton uh, for this game. Uh, maybe that's a little bit of them saying we're we are we're gonna we're gonna tank this one a little bit. We're going to we're going to kind of not intentionally push for this win because they realize that they're out of it, and they realize that they are going to uh, probably enhance their draft picks uh, by starting different players. But the thing is, is like okay, this is where the conversation starts. Is is it better to fight through, power through, push through as a football team and finish off on a positive note as a football team mentally, culturally for your program? Or is it better to, yeah, do a youth movement, bench some guys, and then lose some football games at the end to enhance your draft pick to be able to get a very good player in the top 10? I don't know what to say about that and I don't really know the numbers I would be super interested to see if there's a stat of like teams that tank actually end up never being able to flip the culture switch the switch back on in the following seasons because losing became accepted in their culture 
Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that is something that actually happens. It is, um, I mean, I think the problem is I know Quinn isn't going to do that. You know, I think he's, we're too much of a competing team. He's, he's too much of a competitor to really sit anybody unless there's people who are extremely questionable. I mean, I, I don't think it is good for culture to just walk out and be, hey, we're going to lose this football game on purpose. Um, or, or we're going to give these young guys experience. I think, um, the young guys are getting experience. They have to get, they're having to get experience because our defense is so injured and banged up right now. Um, and you do have guys who are trying to reach goals um, for pay grades and things like that. So you're going to leave these guys in. We're going to play hard against the Panthers, and uh, we're going to we're we're going to give it a good shot. Um, I think we're we'll we'll see. <laughs> um, their offense might be equal with our defense right now because they have a backup quarterback um, who will be playing as Cam like Mike Mike said is sitting. So um, we'll really see what happens. I think it's going to boil down to Christian McCaffrey. Are we going to be able to contain him? Is Deion Jones going to be able to, to lock him down? Because um, that man is a freak. He has led the league as a rusher. Well, all-purpose yards um, or something like that since week nine. So he's been pretty incredible as of late. Yeah, and that's, that's the other question. Is what are we going to do with uh, Julio Jones that we have, too? Is Are we going to arrest him? Or are we going to sit him to just be able to get a little bit healthy? Um, and maybe avoid potentially injuring him more. I think he's saying he's struggling with a hip injury, and I'm just interested to see if he's going to suit up and play. They think, according to Coach Quinn, at least on reports this morning, they do think he's optimistic about Julio. Um, but like I said, it's a weird situation. Like we've said, it's it's a weird situation knowing whether or not he will actually play, based upon uh, yeah where we at as where we're at as a team, uh, not knowing what. I mean, not knowing the, really the purpose of playing at this point other than just our pride. So we really will have to just see what Coach Quinn does. He does seem like he wants him to play. Um, but as of this morning, uh, Julio Jones is limited in practice. Um, so we, re- we will really see what, what goes on this weekend. Yeah, something to maybe talk about a little bit too is uh, there is some postseason play for some of our Falcon players called the Pro Bowl. We got our boy Julio Jones in it. Uh, he'll be playing in the Pro Bowl. Uh, and I think we have one more guy that's going to be in on the Pro Bowl. Alex Mack. Alex Mack, our center. So, hey, two guys made it. A little disappointed KZ didn't get a, get a better chance. Yeah, I wonder why he didn't. Uh, but Matt Ryan didn't either, and he's having a very, very good football uh, season. Everyone talks about the snub of Russell Wilson in the NFC over... Aaron Rodgers, but uh, there's a little old bird over here who who should get some credit where credit is due. So Matt Ryan is having a stellar season, which is funny because like we've already critiqued Sarkeesian and stuff. It, it is a weird. It's a weird thing if you look at that statistics. Matt Ryan's having a great year and Julio Jones is having a great year, um, but we're not winning football games and we're not putting up a lot of points. So yeah. So against the Panthers. I'm going to say that we are going to win this football game because that's what we do. We win meaningless football games. Like, it's our job. Uh, games that don't matter, call us up. The The Falcons will show up and play their butts off. Games that do matter, uh, we're going to choke them away. So I'm going to say we're going to beat this uh, Carolina Panthers team. It will not be a crazy but crazy blowout because I think we will like to let them hang around and come back. But I'll give us a seven-point victory. I'll say we'll uh, win this game at 24 to 17. 
And they get 17 because we do some stupid turnovers, some dumb stuff that just kind of lets the team hang around and get involved in the football game late in the fourth. In the second half, of course. This will happen in the second half. It'll be like 24. I want to say it's going to be like 21 to 0, like at halftime. Or 21 to like 7. And then we're going we're gonna to kick a field goal in the third quarter, and it'll be 24 to 7. And then the, other, then the Panthers are going to score a touchdown and kick a field goal to make it close. I think I think it will be goodness gracious. I think <laughs> I think it'll be twenty three to to seventeen. So that's my prediction. Wow, just one point. Can't one say point 24. off. I'm thinking Matt Bryan kicks three field goals in your fantasy team, pick him up. I think he's gonna <laughs> do big things. <laughs> You might have to hit some fifty yarders. No, no, no. With the way if Julio doesn't play, he'll have to hit some fifty yarders. So this is just this is guys. This has been a hard. We're year. talking about kickers. It's been a hard year. It's okay though. This is this is part of the the deal. Listen, and and we'll, we're gonna see what happens this off season. There's part of me that's really looking forward to it because then I don't have to watch this terrible project week in and week out, which is painful. So we're with you guys. We feel you. Don't jump off the cliff yet. Uh, the Falcons have a few more W's to snag, which feel like losses because cause our draft pick will be shifted. So, you know, man, it's pretty hard. But, hey, stick with it. We love you guys. Thanks for uh, listening to us. Uh, we'll hopefully be do back some, on next week. We'll do okay. some long distance. We'll both be in different parts of the country. So, All right. Well, have a good holiday, people. Merry Christmas uh, Merry and have Christmas. a happy new year. Take care, guys.